This is Defenders TV Podcast, episode 101, where we're talking about Iron Fist, season 1, episode 12, Bar the Big Boss. Welcome back, fellow Defenders, to episode 101 of Defenders TV Podcast, where we're talking about Iron Fist, season one, episode 12, by the big boss. I'm one of your hosts, Derek. I'm your other host, Chris. And I am rounding out the group as number three, John. Haven't we done a 101 before? We have done a 101 before. We've done a few 101s. (laughs) This, in theory, should be like five of five. Uh Uh-huh. Possibly, yeah. Maybe, almost. Absolutely. Well, bar the big boss. Who's the big boss? I know. That's the big question on the big episode finale. Yeah, yeah, we're on our penultimate episode, and it does feel like we still don't know who our big boss is. Well, it can only be Sigourney. Possibly, possibly. But this is our spoiler-filled discussion of episode 12 of, uh, of Iron Fist. Hopefully you've been listening along with our podcast, and hopefully you've watched all 12 of these episodes of Iron Fist. If you haven't, pause the podcast, go off and have a watch of episode 12 and come back to us. It'll be worth it. It's a pretty good episode. Um, But we're here to talk about that episode. You guys all happy to kick into it straight away? I think we should. Absolutely. Excellent. This episode is written by Scott Reynolds. It's the second episode that he's done this season. He did uh, a diagram Dragon Pan earlier on in the season. Uh, He used to work on Dexter with Scott book the showrunner but he's also done four episodes of jessica jones in the past so uh, a good bit of uh, of defenders legacy coming into this episode in addition to that we've got andy goddard in the director's chair for this episode he directed daredevil regrets only he did the cage episode manifest and he's got two episodes of marvel's punisher i think that's the first person i've heard confirmed for marvel's punisher coming up so quite cool another one of our defender directors and two people from the defenders in the uh, director and writing chair this time yeah, no, and I think I have to say Scott is almost on a loom at this point, mm-hmm. and we we know he he's a gold standard. When you he when we find out he's writing an episode, especially he did WWJD, uh-huh. which is still one of my favorites. Almost now I've gone back and watched it a few times, mm-hmm. and uh, Eight Diagram Dragon Palm was our favorite hatchet scene. Oh, that's true. Yep. So, yeah. So yeah, we you can see there, there's a legacy and lineage in terms of his writing, and especially his. Description probably of uh, certain battle scenes. Very true. I, I can suspect now that they have ordered in the like hundreds of oil tankers of blood for the two episodes of The Punisher that he's <laughs> going to deliver. It will be like Titus Andronicus at the Globe, where oh. they used, I don't know, tons of blood. That's true, that's true. <laughs> but John, do you want to tell us what they gave us with your synopsis for this episode? Sure. Ward, restrained and coming down from his addiction, is visited by two people at Birch Psychiatric Hospital, one of whom offers him a deal he simply can't refuse. As he escapes both his physical and mental confines, he heads straight for Harold's penthouse, where the Meacham family dysfunctionally reacquaint with each other. (laughs) As Ward, gun in hand, demands that Joy come with him to escape Harold, Bakuto and his operatives arrive. Ward's deal with Bakuto quickly heads south as Joy is shot and seriously wounded, and Harold is threatened in a more permanent form of death unless Danny hands himself over to the Hand. 
Just before Harold is decapitated, Danny arrives and is taken by Bakuto. As they leave the penthouse, however, Danny, Davos and Colleen spring their surprise, taking down Bakuto's operatives as he flees the scene. They make chase and Colleen is forced to confront and battle her old sensei, but it is Davos who strikes the killing thrust at Bakuto, to the astonishment of Danny. As they face off against one another, Danny states that he wishes to be both Rand and the Iron Fist, forcing Davos to depart back to Kunlun. However, in all the commotion, Bakuto's body has gone, and Harold, now at the hospital with Joy and Ward, engineers another setup, this time against Danny, as the dojo is attacked by DEA agents. I think we should crack into our top five points. The first one really has to be the visitations to Ward in the Birch Psychiatric Hospital, isn't it? Definitely. Um, this scene, I thought, it, firstly, it was great to have uh, Ward back. Mm-hmm. Um, it was even better to see him strapped up uh, and uh, not able to go anywhere. And then thirdly, I think the visitations as well, you know, I mean, the first one with his father coming towards him. Mm. Um, creepy. Really, really creepy, really kind of just melts into his own psychosis uh, of what's of what his father effectively has done to his state of mind. I really loved it. Um, In particular, I absolutely loved the the hair too <laughs> sort of proper bed head from uh from Ward with the, the that kind of long slick back hairstyle that becomes completely like crazy looking which is absolutely perfect for these scenes in the psychiatric hospital um but it like it's really intense with it with his dad coming towards him kind of making making threats pulling the knife out of his stomach uh you know looking to effectively kill uh, Ward. And of course, this is all just his hallucinations, mm. but then getting, um, you know, a real visitor with a deal in the form of Bakuto uh, was pretty cool. Um, and I, I kind of like this idea of him, you know, doing this, you know, because he's so desperate, is Ward, both to get out of the hospital, but yeah. also to get rid of his dad. Um and it's a nice tee up for what comes after as well. But I, I kind of like Bakuto. That that same calmness to his voice, reassuring and all that. Um like he did with um with Colleen, like he does with Danny, like he um did with Harold after he had uh, captured Gao, you know? I must say, and I, I said this in the last episode, and again, I have to say it here, I think, you know, uh, Bakuto, I'm absolutely loving as that kind of smooth criminal, uh-huh. uh, in a sense. And uh, again, to have Tom Pelfrey back as Ward, things always just get that little bit crazy, um, <laughs> but in a good way when he's back. I mean, he does unhinged very well. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, for me, the the, the standout part of this is the actual... The, pe- the piece you didn't cover. It's the... Uh, the heroin is actually super heroin. It's mm-hmm. souped up, and the, the withdrawals of that are huge, apparently, and can only be cured... By this small um, vial that Bakudo gives him. Yeah. Does it have a red cape, do you reckon? <laughs> I don't think it's that souped up. Because it has an S type thing on oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> oh, right. DC Marvel crossover. <laughs> um, no, this is interesting. And the, the offering of this yeah. antidote, the only antidote available, mm-hmm. 
giving it to Rand Enterprises exactly. so they can save the world. Yeah. I was I was interested that the offer itself was to Rand to be able to have this drug and sell it on the market effectively to cure everybody that's been um that that is addicted to Gao's drugs. Like that's the offer there. It's a business offer. It's not just for Ward to get over his symptoms, which is what I thought it was originally. They were saying we have drugs like this and much more. If you partner with us, your company's gonna be going sky high through the roof here, basically, which is quite a quite a cool Cool offer. Um, it is quite interesting that you know we had heard earlier on in in the season when these drugs were being uh, were being sold to the market that there are no bad side effects to them. Is what we were told they would have the best possible effects, and you wouldn't be hooked on them. You'd be able to take them, get all the good, and none of the bad. Looks like there is some bad if uh, if awards anything to go by. Yeah, no, I think this is the interesting part here that we're going to get is how this is going to play out further mm-hmm. because we know there is mass amounts of this drug of the heroin out in the streets of Hell's Kitchen yeah. of New York City so how is this going to link in how is this going to go further mm-hmm. especially when you think about it though the, the interesting bit is if the, we have one episode left let's, let's, let's put this out flat I don't think this will get resolved now No, I think this will be a defender's line where potentially you end up seeing that a number of a standard human beings, kind of your casual, run-of-the-mill people, businessmen like Ward, right. are addicted to this, and there's actually more of a side effect. Mm. And that could be the Han's diabolical plan is to turn people into these zombie-like, heroin-addicted people. Sounds like Jokery okay. plan, doesn't yeah. it? Yeah, it yeah. does. I hadn't, yeah, I hadn't really thought of that, because, I mean, I, I did kind of think that this was just, you know... Like Picuto said previously, uh, Madame Gao's all stick, no carrot. So I just kind of, this was the carrot and that um, whether it will go any further. But that kind of, that's an interesting take, definitely. And I mean, mm. I think the other good thing about this scene is that, you know, it's following on direct from, obviously, episode uh, 11. But in a sense, what happens is, you know, Harold's trying to draw Bakuto out. But Bakuto doesn't go to Harold. He doesn't go there. He goes straight to his son and yeah. makes this offer to completely undermine. Really nice little touch in regards to how Bakuto views everything. Now, Davos and Danny kind of left their post to some extent, and they, they never saw him leave. Um, True. You know, he's, it's not to go straight for Harold. It's to go at him through uh, his son. And, of course... It just tees up so much because we do see that Bakuto, despite his his smooth talking, like he doesn't hold his word. Yes, he holds the first part of it, which is getting Ward out of uh, of the psychiatric hospital and taking him down to the Meachams for their reunion, which is our second point. But that's a means to an end. But the end is very different from what he promises. Yeah, exactly. And so we come to the Meacham family reunion, which is also called Hell on Earth. Um, <laughs> yes, definitely. You know, like uh, guns, raised voices, sus- blood, s- blood. Yeah. Poor Joy. <laughs> he was the only one that got um, uh, a splatter in there. And I think Chris mentioned in about episode eight when, when he was saying um, about how Harold coming back to life, he was saying, you know, there's going to be a point when someone's going to get killed in front of Joy. She's going to see her father for what he is, and that's going to destroy her as a person. It's pretty bad, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> you actually see it on screen that what actually happens to her is she's standing in her dress just after talking to her father, 
three guys get shot in front of her and her entire body, face, head are covered in blood <laughs> and nobody else in the room is, has any blood yeah. on them at all. It's like, poor Joy. She's, this, this is her first entry into the proper criminality of uh, of all of these characters and it's her covered head to toe in blood. Oh yeah, and it's not even, not even it's other people's blood. Yeah, it's for crazy. a while. For, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I was, that's where I was going. Yeah. Um, I, I've been a bit negative about this story arc right? and I just wanted to come in now and go I bought into the Meacham now. Mm-hmm. The Meacham storyline, I think it was good at the beginning. It took way too long to get where it's gone to. Right. But now it is a good... I bought into this as a as a premise, as a storyline. They, they wrapped it up neatly, mm-hmm. which I enjoyed. And I think that's the bit. I can now... I've been going on for quite a while saying, well, hold on, no, Joy... Okay, they didn't have that Joy... Harold discussion that I wanted off on or off screen. Yeah, but they did it in they they closed it in such a, a memorable, remarkable way. Definitely, that I'm okay with that. Mm-hmm. Like they closed that that off. Now, could they have done it faster? Yes. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they well, could have done this really in over the course of six episodes. Definitely. I mean, I, I would say there's a few things they could have done a bit faster. Um, across the the series of which I think this could have been condensed. Definitely uh, agree uh, on that. I mean, but I I think the the one of the great things here is just the the dynamic between the Meachams. It's the idea that you know Ward in desperation has gone to Bakuto, and uh, all of a sudden the bargain has not been upheld. Mm-hmm. You know, Bakuto comes in. Uh, Wood obviously has expected to to leave before he arrives. Um, the, there's there's been the violence. There's been the gun thrown around. Uh, Joy is not particularly uh, on his side at that moment in time, no. and I think Harold deals with it so well. I mean, I know you were saying that you're going to see Harold for who he is, but in effect, he he's not the one doing anything yeah. here. He's coming across as someone who's helped. Uh, and in a sense, Ward is shoring up that argument at one point where he says, you know, yeah, the hospital have told me I need to c- reconnect with my sister. So it, it's Harold is disguising what he's done really well. And Ward, whether intentionally or just purely to try and get Joy away, I'm sure, uh, sort of kind of supports that. And then, of course, it all kind of crumbles a bit uh, and joy is there kind of like looking at ward going what are you doing and it should be the other way around and i that dynamic that manipulation but i suspect that's such a powerful family it's probably happened all their lives Quite a few times. And, but it, it's just such a great dynamic to see them kind of at one another yeah yeah his, his death's a little quick and like as he thought he was going to die, was brilliant. Oh. He basically tore Ward a new one, and propped himself up to joy. Yeah, He's so like, good. I cared about you. I should have only. It should have been you. Yeah. So, literally, he thought he was about to die. Mm-hmm. He was ready to die. And to that point, he was destroying the siblings. <laughs> Still to that point, I was like, no, that's. That's commitment. Uh, absolutely. Like, do you think he would have gone, oh, I was just messing with the two of you. I hated, I've always hated you kids. No, he was like, well, if I'm going to go, sorry, Ward, I'm going to destroy you. Don't yes. ever trust him. 
it's you know it's it's pretty phenomenal for a father like this who's had this guy do everything for him for 12 years to go i dedicated my entire life to you and you're the biggest disappointment i've ever had joy don't trust him don't ever trust him in anything he ever does that's phenomenal statement from a father yeah. to a son and fantastic i have to say David Wenham in this show. We've mentioned him so many times. He really is such a standout in this show. Every scene that he has is a great moment where he tells Joy to shut up and then apologizes for it to Pacuso. Which is, uh, sorry for the outburst. Um, sorry, you, you guys go ahead with what you're doing. Uh, just really, good, <laughs> really good little moments from David Wenham in this. In this that show. was awesome as they're sort of taking Danny away, and it's like Joy. It still wants to try and help, you know, still has that connection, that, yeah. that childhood connection with Danny. And, and uh, Harold's just, no, 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 <laughs> shut up. Uh, <laughs> you, you go, you go. Uh, really good. I mean, I also like the fact that, you know, Ward's sort of deal, like the fact that, you know, Joy is shot. Yeah, it's a clean one, but she can bleed out. Mm-hmm. You know, all of a sudden you've got the complication of Danny that he's got to come over whilst... Harold's on his knees being shown this katana. Uh, I love that moment where uh, Bakuto just kind of holds it up and says, you know, this has killed kings, uh, princes, uh, masters, um, and who would have thought it would be used to to kill a businessman? Yeah. I I just loved how it gave it that theatre in that penthouse, which is such a great uh, set or actual place. Oh yeah. Um, you know, in terms of the the art deco and, and, and how yeah. it is. Just kinda of to close this point out, am I the only one who thought Harold was gonna lose it at some point? We've no. seen him literally the rage and anger of the, the zombified mm-hmm. Harold take over on a number of occasions for a lot less. Yeah. So I was really surprised it didn't go there. It's like I, I'm happy they didn't. Uh-huh. Now I'm not. I'm not complaining about it. this. Was lovely, pretty well wrapped up. This this part of it. Yeah. But I was really surprised they didn't have him like, as he said his last words, jump on Bakudo and mm-hmm. like like or like because he knows he can't die. Uh, well, can't be hurt in a conventional sense. Yeah. He just. I, I was pretty sure he would just kind of like take the sword like and do that kind of fall on your sword type thing where he kind of pulls himself he sheets the sword inside himself yeah. through his gut and goes up to Bagudo kind of that that style because he's in theory indestructible I I, I was expecting something yeah. rage monstery zombieified I know but what you mean it was great Yeah, I think that's definitely still got to happen actually uh, but I think he's still playing the role here I think um, the fact that Joy is critically injured. I think with Ward there, I still kind of thought he was acting. But then when it came to the crunch, where Bakuto does the kind of practice swipe right across his face, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Um, I was half expecting his head to slowly slide yeah. off right. off his torso. Yeah, I kind of thought he might do something like that, definitely. And I, I do. I still think that's got to kind of come. I think mm. Joy needs to see um, her father for what he is. I think Ward knows that and it's driven him crazy, yeah. but doesn't want to destroy his memory for Joy. It's definitely got to come, I reckon. Yeah, yeah, well, we still have... One hour left. Yeah. yeah. Just in the fact that you mentioned that, I love Bakudo's threat to Harold when he swipes the sword in front of his face, which is 
and you don't want to move because you definitely don't want to be trying want me trying this twice. <laughs> you don't want me to hit your neck <laughs> twice. Just once, then you'll be dead. If you if you move at all, it'll be twice. You know, I uh, really like that one. Next point, guys. I think so. I think we have one of our. One of the most beautiful looking scenes that we have in this season. Uh, after I watched this part of the episode, I just thought when the location scouts were out and choosing the atrium as the lead in to the building for Harold Meacham, where he lives in his penthouse, they must have just looked at this and said, yeah, there's definitely going to be a fight in here. There has to be a fight in here. This is the perfect location. It is so beautiful. The fight between uh, Danny and Bakuto and his men and then Colleen and Davos as they arrive and come in and, and support him. It's beautifully shot. It's a fantastic fight. Really enjoyed it. Yeah, this for me has been the fight of the season. Mm. This really was. This beautifully shot, beautifully choreographed. Mm -hmm. It was just like, and again, there was this one part where it was, there was this double split screen. I was just, oh, yeah. Yeah. now, and you would, in any other show, any other, no, and not any other Marvel Netflix show, but any other terrestrial TV cable show, right? Mm -hmm. You would expect them to almost over. They would joke, "Oh, this is cool. We're going to overuse it." Yeah. And you, they would use it to the point where you're like, "Okay, just give me a single. Give me the one. Come on." <laughs> um, oh, it was brilliant. And then, yeah. like, but there was, it wasn't like we knew they were going to win. There was a couple parts in this fight yeah. where Davos nearly got stabbed. Yeah. Um, Colleen. To she got a sword in through the arm. Yeah, yeah that and I that was cool. There was a point where I was wondering whether they were going to switch up her story with Misty Knights. Now that she's taken Danny, I thought they were going to switch it up and just she was going to lose the arm and get the metal arm replacement in the future. I thought that that's Ooh. the way they were going with it because they swapped up the two characters. Yeah, it's like oh, that's a pretty deep old cut from a sword, you know. Yeah, I can't agree enough. This this fight was uh, fantastic, and I think it's followed by in terms of atmosphere and spectacle as to the location. I think it's followed. A, a, a very close second later on, mm. if not maybe equaled. But this, uh, I love the split screen stuff going on. I thought some of the moves from Bakuto and Danny in their fight were like incredible. Oh, yeah. All the flipping so good. And, and so on. It's just using the walls and using the things that are Absolutely. around Absolutely. Yeah. I like the idea as well that he managed to turn his iron fist on, but then lost it again. Again, just mm. showing that kind of ephemeralness of his his power at this moment. Just that, you know, he wasn't able to maybe bring it on when he needed it most, yeah. um, which was kind of interesting. Struck me as odd about it is that he lit it up, it was ready to go, and he aimed for Bakuto, and it went kind of, halfway through the air yeah, almost. it's like the a Millennium Falcon hyperdrive. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it was almost like as if it was Bakuto that was doing something. So you know I, what I mean? It was like that. it burnt out in That's the air on the way to actually, Bakuto, yeah. more, than, more than Danny losing the power, but... But yeah, so I think I don't, I don't know, we can talk about this a bit later on. Mm -hmm. I, I, we kind of briefly discussed it in the last episode. I think it's coming to that he his anger is directly affecting his ability to channel his chi. Right. So he was like, "I need to, I need to destroy Bakuto." So he very much aims to just he aiming for the head, right? His iron fist, yeah. Like and the, the uh, that anger stopped him. Interesting, interesting. And the, that's uh, yeah. I, any, I think any emotion. Um, yeah, right. yeah. I think that's a really good point, actually, Chris. Because as well, 
when he turns on the Iron Fist to escape from the handcuffs, he's closing his eyes, he's meditating, he's calming himself down. Mm. Um, yeah, that that's really interesting. And also, even if we just go back to um, the second episode, he talks about the calm of the battle in terms of channeling the the punches and so on to actually calm him rather yeah. than from a a, a a position of aggression so um yeah that that would really make sense there was one moment in this fight as well where i just wondered whether it was when davos was kind of grabbing for knives and using the knives to kill the the hand operatives whether he was going to go after colleen Right. Um, you, you know because yeah. um that they had had that bust up on on the corner uh before all of this yeah. where um you know davos is finding it really difficult to understand danny's motivations for a being in new york but also for 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 being with colleen as a former hand member so like he really doesn't trust it and i just wondered if there was going to be some kind of double cross here oh my hand slipped <laughs> absolutely but you know when you're the last of your mates that had a chastity vow to sleep with a girl you know the the embarrassment that, that, that comes from that you know i think i think it's a bit of that um but yeah no, this scene really did did show me why i love iron fist more than some other people probably do i'm a huge fan i mentioned it early on in the season i didn't go to comic books for my kung fu so that's why I didn't read much uh, much Iron Fist or Shang-Chi or any of those characters. I went to actual Kung Fu movies from the 70s, some from every country in the world. And the big difference between 70s martial arts movies is that generally you have trained martial artists going at it in, in scenes that they don't cut away from. It's a static camera usually watching a scene, which is the kind of fight style that they're using throughout Iron Fist, much more so than the kind of jump cuts that we saw in the other shows that we had, that we have, th- even through the Defenders, all the other shows that we've seen over the many, many years, all the Arrow and Flash and all of those shows where they're using uh, trickery to show uh, an actor fighting against other actors. This show seems to employ a lot more martial artists fighting against martial artists or people trained to do the martial arts in the shows. I know there are stunt people working on it, but there's a lot less cutting away from the from the actors. So it does feel to me much more like a 70s kung fu movie. And that's the style they've gone for rather than the kind of MTV jump cuts, as we call them, that kind of came around from The Matrix onwards. I'm going to agree with you on this, but I know probably... Our fellow defenders may one or two may be screaming mm-hmm. at this point because there is the the gift that's going around of the 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 twins fight um the the two brother two uh-huh. brothers the, the the Russians yeah and um, that unfortunately during that fight within thirty seconds they had something like fifty six cuts right now you can understand look that's fine and um, but I think you're right what they have done is majority of the other fights mm-hmm. there's not been that many jump cuts or hard cuts or, or it was literally that one scene yeah. uh, which is fair because they needed to show uh, Finn Jones from multiple directions and he he he's publicly said it on Hollywood Reporter or I think it was an interview with the Hollywood Reporter maybe Vanity Fair or something right. that he only started training two weeks before production started mm-hmm. um, whereas you've seen like some of the other shows, they, they get months. Yeah. They go to camps. And I think that's the point as to why it stood out so much in this particular episode probably is because you had you had him and you had Davos and you had Colleen and Bakuto, all major characters in the show, all fighting and doing some fantastic martial arts moves. And they all seemed pretty competent. Yeah. 
Um, again, I'm sure somebody's going to contact me and go, uh, actually, that was all done by stunt people and they just put wigs on them to make them look like the actors, of course. But it did feel much more like what I've seen in, in 70s movies rather than uh, things like you know extreme close-ups on the actors uh, taking uh, with blood coming out and... Uh, and it all being edited really closely together so you don't actually see a punch or the shaky cam style that's used so often to to cover up fight sequences. This didn't feel like that style. No, and you could assume when during production, this was probably towards the tail end of production, this Mm. scene. They probably would have kept this quite towards the end of when they were filming. So this would explain potentially why, yes, they they were more comfortable from... instead of some of the earlier fights mm-hmm. where Finn Jones had had eight to nine to maybe, what, 13 weeks worth of filming, mm-hmm. however long the production was, and he was more competent, more comfortable, yeah. uh, and prob- all three of them were and more I- comfortable at this style of fighting, yeah. fighting with the, their stunt choreography, uh, the, the stunt coordinators, because a lot of people would kind of probably refer back to the CW shows of like the Arrow yeah. and mm. Supergirl and stuff like that. Now, they're all in their third, or going into their third, they're in their fifth, sixth year. Mm-hmm. With 22 episodes a season yeah. as well. Yeah. So these guys are forever there. Mm-hmm. They, they're like, and like Kevin Smith talks about this in one of his, in, I think his final original third, he was at three episodes in, but he was talking about the kind of this exact topic and yet they are living it mm-hmm. for, for months of a year and like they, they're a lot of them are three four five six years in yeah. to production so like Stephen Amell he has he like on Facebook he'll put up his his uh, regime of when he's kind of doing all his stunt choreography mm. and his workouts but like he works out every day yeah, yeah. and does stunt coordination like every day while he's filming and he puts all this up and you've got to understand these guys when they were running towards a deadline so Iron Fist was filmed in quite a short amount of time mm-hmm. so I think this, this the point you're making up and the reason they could do this 70 style which they probably wanted from the beginning yeah. was okay we've we've now got everyone more comfortable with taking punches. I also think they were aiming for these scenes, and we're going to go on to the other one in a second, but I think these are the ones that they probably were training for from right at the beginning. There are other scenes that are in the show, like the the fight that's with the hatchet man in the the hallway, which probably didn't require as much work to train for that scene. No, but that was still very static camera work, and it did the split screen as well. True. So, like, that hallway scene, I I think, is, is... is... similar in that regards maybe with the vashenko uh brothers in, in that scene it could just be director preference like it was yeah. directed by rizza yeah. uh, he may have wanted to capture that more um jump around action of of, of the mtv kind of jump cut yeah. um to do that plus it was also going into gao you had an extra two main characters with it Absolutely. being brothers. So I just think it's probably more to do with the director preference. Yeah, probably. And of course, in that episode, we also had two other big fights, which you probably have to differentiate yeah. out a lot more uh, against two other people. So uh, we're going to go on to the, the other big fights of this episode because there's quite a few. Three fights um, in this as yeah, well. Really. Yeah, we had uh, had the atrium fight, obviously. And then the next big fight really is Master versus Pupil or Sensei versus Master, I suppose, because... 
uh, Colleen in herself as a master. Um, yeah, we see Colleen versus Bakuto. I love this. This this was everything, every sword fight I wanted as a kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, we even got a broken sword. Like, oh, come on. It so was like cool. they, give us all, they gave it all to us. Not just a broken sword, but one of the coolest looking scenes I have seen in such a long time. As the sword breaks in the air, Colleen flips around and kicks it through the leg of Bakuto is fantastic. I was yeah. just awesome. I was, I was punching the air yeah. for that one. And I loved the the setting as well. Um for exactly the same reasons as the the fight in the atrium. This scene it just felt grand as well underneath the arches coming down from those steps and with the fountain in the background and with the rain. Um it was just so cool and I love the fact that you know, Bakuto uh, got his comeuppance from Colleen. It was absolutely fantastic. Oh yeah, fight and yeah, that that sort of that kick of the blade, um, fantastic. Re- I mean, yeah, fantastic, fantastic. Really, <laughs> really good. Um, but we see here then Davos finishing him off. Like, despite everything he has been saying. Danny decides not to take uh, Davos's life. Absolutely. And this is Marvel's shorthand for bad guy, isn't it? If you kill someone <laughs> at the end of a fight when everybody else is giving you an option not to kill them, that's kind of shorthand for bad guy, right? Um, yeah, we're, we're, we're going <laughs> to go with that. Um, I actually like this. I, I This is a trope. Let, let's be fair about this. The good guys don't kill. They want to bring him to jail. The, 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 the bad guy kills. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you put a bad guy or some other one person like in it, they usually do with an innocent needs to has is gonna die, and the hero will try and say kill themselves, yeah, uh, just to save the innocent. Whereas the the, the bad guy or the soon to be bad guy will just look after himself, yeah. Like that's the usual. This was just a different variation on it, but I like this. Absolutely, this is. Mm-hmm. It's stock, it's standard, but it it was good because this felt like a finale to me. Mm-hmm. Like this was a finale in my head. It was a twelve episode season. I don't know where they're going to go with thirteen. We can get to that later. <laughs> yes, we will. Um, but for me, this was okay. Great. They they're they're creating, and we'll get to it. The Davos, but they're closing down the Bakuto arc. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it's perfect. But or are they? Um, but I liked it in that it's like well, let's take, we need to take him to jail and that's what I was kind of a lot of people have been screaming say about any of the Netflix shows uh-huh. and any superhero show it's like why don't you get the cops involved yeah and, and that's what with Luke Cage we had that great scene and we had that great theme running through it was like yeah. the cops are like well, we can't deal with these super-powered vigilantes and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. This was the same. It was like, okay, no, we can still... like They would they would rather kill him than, and would rather do other things than take a leader ahead of the hand to and expose him for who he is and bring him to jail. Yeah. I was like, yes, let's do that. Yeah. Because that, can you imagine the story behind that? Like, it would be fantastic, the next part, which is, like, Bakuto is... On trial. Mm-hmm. And then you have Matt Murdock being the public defense against him, trying to put him away. And all, they, yeah, it was just like, yes, the, oh, <laughs> they just killed him. Okay. But they then killed him, which led to the next beautiful fight. 
Yeah, I mean, here we have it all spill out between Danny and Davos, really. And I think um, I'm so glad that this kind of confrontation occurred between the two of them. Um, and we, we we get Danny asserting what and who he wants to be. I think, you know, he is the Iron Fist and that's his destiny. He has defeated Shao Lao. But at the same time, his place, his home, um, his connections have been in New York as mm. well um, for a long time. And he wants to reconnect with them. Uh, and I suspect we might see him go through periods of, of guilt with Conlon. Who knows? But, um, you know, here he's told Davos now, um, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. And I mean, ultimately, it's will you accept that and to an extent he has to charge up the iron fist against davos for him to finally realize um that in effect he's wasting his time and he i'm glad there was no kind of real danger for davos and i think it really leads to that kind of really good separation uh between the two as obviously i presume davos is is heading back to to conlon yeah um and following on from Colleen and Bakuto's, it, yeah, it, it really felt quite epic, this whole scene around the fountain and under the arches. Yeah, totally um, To be honest. And I think, like you say, Chris, um, it being a, almost a season finale. Um, so it'll be interesting now to see episode 13, what it is they're going to do. The only other kind of point I'd make on this is that, uh, again, and I think we've mentioned it in a few... This being a bit earlier obviously doesn't fit in with this kind of timeline on the story, but you just kind of feel something like this around episode eight or nine. Mm. You've suddenly got four episodes to further explore this. Is it going to get wrapped up really quickly? You know, I think the, the thing with Bakuto's body, is it that he as well is like Harold and, and can revive or did in some kind of comedic fashion four hand uh, operatives tiptoe out whilst they were fighting uh, <laughs> pick him up and take him back maybe for revival or to get revived for the first time you know right. is he dead is he alive um, I just it, have a vision of four <laughs> like hand operatives and someone going he's behind yeah, you but, they're but, behind you absolutely but uh, I did think at this moment of fighting between um, Danny and Davos with Colleen looking on, I was half expecting her to get a katana through her as well. Um, mm. Because I was thinking that Bakuto is not going to still be there after this fight. And lo and behold, he wasn't. And I, I wondered, because he still had his um, katana, whether that was just going to be a slice and dice moment for poor Colleen. Where's he gone? Has he gone on his own? Has he been taken by someone? You know, will he come back? Is he alive? It feels like it'd be really weird if members of the Hand just came in and took his body and left without engaging the people that killed him, you know? So it does feel like he's most likely gotten out of this situation himself. Like he is someone that's come back from the dead and has escaped himself. Because it just, you're right, it would be really weird if in the background of a scene you see some guys tiptoe in grab the body and tiptoe back out again. Exactly. My point for this is that, so Madame Gao is a couple of hundred years old mm -hmm. and we know Nobu was brought back from the dead. So we can pretty much assume to be a, a, a head of one of the arms on the hand, uh -huh. you are blessed 
with the ability uh, or blessed with this gift of being um, or like immortal, the yeah. immortal weapon of the, f- the the hand, if you want to call it that. Interesting. So that's why when they didn't chop his head off, I was like, "Yep, he get get me. He's gonna run." Yeah, they were. I was expecting, but like John said, I was expecting that katana scene through the back yeah. as she stood there. But I like that about the scenes because it, it does leave them tense and and unexpected. Um, that. Is Colleen going to get damaged here? Like, I I felt there was a real chance that this was going to happen because Bakuto, the hand, they're so uncompromising. And he's made his decision. So um, I was thinking there was a real possibility of that here. And I think that really added to Danny and Davis's fight because even though that kind of gets resolved, I'm not saying that they're the best of friends still as Mm. such between those two, but it could have been that... You know, Danny has made his point. He's been successful doing it. And then, you know, the person who he wants to be with is taken away. I felt there was a real danger here. For me, this was... Uh, we, we talked about how the this is the origin of the Iron Fist, uh, the origin of Davos. Mm-hmm. This was perfect for me. This was the perfect... Way, this is the only way I wanted it to happen. Yeah. And... I'll go into the origin of the, the of Danny and the Iron Fist because for me this was we've talked about the emotions part and like they were shoving them down and that was how he could only be used the Iron Fist when he was not ruined full of emotion right and he hadn't accepted he had too much emotion like was he the Iron Fist in New York was he like the the defender of Kung Lung was he the the weapon for against the hand was he ever allowed to love blah blah it's all this but at the end of this fight. He, I think he turned on the power. I think he's now accepted that he is the Iron Fist, not just for Kung Lung. Mm-hmm. He's the Iron Fist for the world. Right. That is the he is the protector of the world against the hand, yeah. not just Kung Lung. And that acceptance has decreased, or the the amount of whatever stress, emotion, and that has allowed him again. So the, and he's accepted he's accepted his love of Colleen. He, he's mm-hmm. forgiven her all the points have come together to kind of that you are going to be the Iron Fist you are going to get emotional but you're going to learn to deal and act with that emotion and you can fight with emotion and still call the Iron Fist emotion ah yeah. oh, dude yes very cool but then yeah. see Davos one tail between his legs was even better yeah as John mentioned is the only thing I would like is for this particular fight to have happened earlier on in the season because unfortunately this could mean that we don't see Davos now in episode 13 because that's resolved that he's now left effectively if this had happened in in the show in episode 8 you'd be expecting another fight between the two of them again a bigger fight in episode 13 I can't see that the two of them are going to go up against each other next episode so we could be we could have lost Davos yeah, now and, after two episodes and yeah. whether Davos can actually get back to Cunlan mm-hmm. you know so there's there's two parts of that. They're either yeah, you're right. They're either gonna do that where Davos is stuck outside of Kung Lung and he becomes so enraged that this is the that's the straw that broke the canal or the Davos back, mm-hmm. if you wanna call it that. It's it's the one that breaks their or ends their friendship. Yeah. Or he gets back in and then he goes after Shaolin and the Undying. Yeah. And gets some additional powers right. and comes back. He finds a way out outside of those 15 years there in the comic books there is ways for people to pass between outside of the 15 years and i think they could potentially 
use one of those as a plot device. Absolutely. And maybe, uh, just maybe, there has been all this talk that uh, Conlon is undefended. Maybe the hand has gone in and killed everyone Mm -hmm. or done whatever it is that they're going to do or they've gone and stolen something that they need to steal or or whatever it is maybe just maybe um this has all been going on in in the the background like if for example this episode is bar the big boss maybe the big boss has just gone to kunlun whilst everyone else has been distracted Mm -hmm. and maybe that's what we potentially see in episode 13 oh i do i i like i like that i hadn't thought of that i hadn't thought of davos does get back the way is still open but there's such destruction with not having an iron fist there mm. that that drives him to become the steel serpent or whatever very good yeah. and and this adds another layer of ptsd to um to, to poor danny rand i killed all my friends <laughs> the one bit i was questioning but he kept mentioning the father I'm assuming that's their sensei. But is that actually Davos's father? Is the Thunderer? Yes. Right. Just want to make sure I wasn't. I was like, you know the way you go, father being, it's like a priest, a ceremonial, yes, right. father, yes, yeah. mother. Yeah. Like for kind of as a title. Mm-hmm. But when you kept saying that, I was like, that's a bit weird. Like, is like I know, I know Davos had mentioned that in the last episode that they'd, uh, what was it? They they'd snuck out to see the girls bathing in the in the lake, and it turned out to be his father bathing in the lake. That's what, yeah. that's what had happened. So yeah, meditating, so. quote unquote, <laughs> years. But I actually think the part about that is that's the element we haven't taken into account. The Thunderer did turn his back on Danny and walk away. Whether whether it was in his mind or. If we've discussed it, was this a, a kind of a psychic connection, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. But as soon as he goes back and tells his, or Davos goes back, excuse me, and tells his father, the Thunderer, that Danny has abandoned Kunlung, abandoned, agreed, staying in New York to fight the hand against it. It's almost like your stepson coming and going, well, thanks for all the money and all the training, and I've taken your most precious family inheritance. Bye. Yeah, Absolutely. Or to John's point, maybe Davos does go back to Kunlun and everybody's been slaughtered, including his father, the Thunderer, and that's what turns him against exactly. Danny more than anything else. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It would be it'd be interesting to see how this all kind of comes together. Yeah, because it has been, you know, this mystical city is just there that's continually about the threat, and maybe, just maybe, it's happened. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the the chance has been taken. They would have been really stupid to have not gone to Conlon at this time if they have to wait another fifteen years as the hand, knowing that Danny is is in New York. You know? Definitely, and it could have been that you know Bakuto Gao actually it's it's an overall plan to to distract. Yeah, and coming back to double crosses, um, we have another. That's a potential one, but we actually have another, which is Harold. I mean Harold. Really, I mean, we've kind of suspected it, I'm sure, but like he actually now takes it over and says, and now we've got to get rid of Danny Rand. So first it was, you know, we need to get rid of Gao, then we need to get rid of Bakuto. Now that the hand has been, or so he thinks, destroyed by uh, the Iron Fist, of course, as far as we know it, they could both still be alive. Um, 
it's now now let's get rid of of Danny and, and we have this this DEA bust um, at the dojo uh, after a, a night of passion. He's all in for bringing the drug enforcement agency in, isn't he? He's did that on his son, basically. He's well, he did some, with cops. Yeah, but he stuck some drugs in his uh, car so the cops would get him. He's now sending the DEA out to get Colleen and, and Danny. He really does like it. some drug busting, doesn't he? But are they the DEA? Well, yeah, they they look like gays men. Is what uh, is exactly what Colleen says. We see Ward uh, warn him about it yeah. because now we see that Ward really, you know, it's another way to undermine his father. And again, it's just the true colours of Harold Meacham coming out. Uh, I wonder whether Harold. Do you think he's the big bad? It's really difficult to tell at this stage because he can't be. He was an underling for most of the series and now, effectively, he's still kind of an underling just because Gao has been put in prison. It feels um, like we're kind of having a bit of a problem I'm with the big boss. I'm yeah, because, like, his finger is back, mm-hmm. you know? And we, we've discussed this. And yeah. we don't know whether, um, you know, like, Nobu is disfi- like does have disfigurements. He has previous wounds. Is... I'm just wondering if Harold could be like Chi Lin, because there is that element that he morphs into the big bad. We've already had the 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 element of um, Joe Cheng and saying he is um, a servant of Chi Lin. Yeah. He is an enemy of the Hand. Maybe the fact that his finger came back is because like generally it can t- form any shape that he needs to. Mm-hmm. So the regenerative aspect of revival may not be the case. No, we we, see, we don't know until we see yeah. someone else, kind of like because well, saying that now we yeah, we again we don't know because he's been stabbed, and with that stab was it, it looks like he still, still doesn't have a gaping wound. Yeah, yeah. Inside, so it's maybe once you've been revived once you can regrow. That's what I mean. There's this this whole revival process. We don't quite know what it does. All we know, it brings you back from the dead. But it obviously it does revitalize you um, in that sense. But does it grow back fingers or like heal burn tissue? So it or is it or is, do you kind of go back to your last save point kind of thing? <laughs> we'll probably see it a little bit with Electra yeah, maybe. because again we with Harold. We don't know. We know he restored. He was restored after he died because obviously he died as a cancer victim. So he doesn't look like a cancer victim now. So he restored to that, but he wasn't missing a finger when he was revived. So therefore, he's gone back to not missing a finger. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I do. Possibly, yeah. Is it possibly like that? So it'd be interesting. It really could be. Um, so I just wanted to kind of talk about Ward. Uh huh. Do you guys agree with the redemption they've just given him? They've made Ward a good guy now. This, this for me, I, I was a bit, I, I didn't like it. Okay, okay. Uh, now, just roll me. Ward could have been a great bad guy. He still can be. Just for well, well, not really. <laughs> he's, he's, he's come full circle again. He was a bad guy. He was an okay guy doing bad things by his father because uh-huh. he, he has this fear of his father. Then he went full-on crazy mm-hmm. and now he's looking out for Danny he's really worried about his sister he's becoming they, they're trying this redemption arc piece for him and I'm like 
I would prefer to keep him as the psychotic, crazy man and have that as a bad guy. Okay. With all I, the money. I, I don't, that's exactly the way I'd see it. What Ward's done here is try to protect his sister, which he's trying to try, has been trying to do for 12 years before the show even started and the characters that we've been watching. And now he's sending a text to undermine his father's plan more so than trying to protect Danny, I think. Well, okay. Yeah, you know, yeah, so the text, co- the text has come in from Ward. It's not a phone call from him. We didn't see his reaction and why he's doing it, but it feels like it's just something to undermine his father's plan. It feels like he would almost do that with anybody else, not just Danny. Absolutely. I think if, if they all head to the Winchester for a pint and wait it out there, and all happy, then I think, yeah, it would be a redemption thing. But it, it's, it's what his motives. And at the moment, all we know is he sent him a warning text. And that could be absolutely at this stage to undermine uh, Harold and actually to get Harold out of the way. So it could actually be that he's, it's not just to undermine Harold, it's to get Harold out of the picture so that him and Joy can effectively uh, like try and make sense of what's happened. But similarly, um, yeah, it could be a redemption, definitely. Yeah, I just, I, I, don't, I don't want it to be a redemption. I like Ward as a bad guy. Yeah, I think I think plays. this is just going to be a bit of a... Any, your enemy's enemy is my friend, and Danny's an enemy of Harold, as is, as is Ward now. Yeah, yeah, and I think... But I think Ward is not... Again, it's not that traditional bad guy. It, it's kind sure. of... Um, you know, he cares for his sister a lot, and he'll do anything, and sometimes that doesn't work out. I think with, with Harold, he's, you know, he's dealt with his abuse... For, for too long and and his his in effect his psychological bullying of him yeah um, and in having to keep the secret so Ward isn't even now an out and out bad guy yes he's killed someone it's wrong but um, he's snapped um, and he's still dealing with that so it'll be interesting to see how they take his character because I think there's a few roads that it could take definitely of which becoming an out-and-out bad guy might be one of them. Maybe. Yeah, so I'm hoping it is redemption. I'm hoping it is he's still a bad guy and that this was done to, as the PC said to his um, father, or sorry, his father said to him, saying, oh, you remind me now so much of me when I was trying to take down my father. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was hoping it was. And then I saw... Sorry, saying that after what you guys have said now, that's what I'm hoping it is. Mm, yeah. When I saw that text, I went, oh, they're trying to make him a good guy. And that's how I perceived it on yeah. my first watch. I'll have to watch it again now and kind yeah. of see where I take it from there. I don't want Ward to be that guy. I want Ward to be a bad guy. I okay. want Ward to be the season two Meacham character from the comic books who is evil, who is a bad guy, who... but against it's a public figure but yeah I'm, I'm not too sure i think to, to, to john's point in my mind anyway ward has never been a bad guy he's done bad things because he's been trying to get out of a situation that was absolutely impossible for anybody to experience and anybody to live so i think he's done some bad things but remember he was trying to run away he was trying to get in a flight and go away and uh, go away to some kind of vacation spot while everything Tahiti. blew over, wasn't it? Yeah, effectively. Tahiti, yes. Um, but I don't think he's been a bad guy. I think he's been trying to save his sister. It's entirely possible that they will use him in that way again. If Joy becomes threatened again, he will do anything to save her, including doing things for bad people. That's what I'm hoping for, because if Joy dies, he snap snaps. Maybe, yeah. And then 
whose fault is this? This is all Harold uh-huh. and Danny's. And he goes after both of them. Maybe. Yeah. That's Maybe. then by the big boss, the big boss becomes Ward. And he is then for, well, they haven't announced it, but season two of Iron Fist. He can be the big boss. Maybe, maybe. I love this. We're 12 episodes into a 13-episode season of Iron Fist, and we're still speculating about what might might happen. Those are our top five points. I think it's time to get onto a couple of notes. There's a couple in this episode. Uh, one for me is just a quick one about that final moment with the DEA agents when uh, when Danny runs out of, uh, of the dojo. Um, he kicks one of them or pushes one of them with his foot, flips over and kicks him away. It's a fantastic move. Really, really enjoyed that. One of the one, I'm going to steal Chris's episode title for this one because uh, it seems to be kind of based on Bruce Lee's 1971 film, Big Boss. I think that's where the where the reference is. I so. Finally, this is what I was looking for all season. Where are all the other films named after, easily named after the, uh, the other moves that have happened throughout the season? <laughs> this was a really easy one to find because it was in my head when I saw Bar the Big Boss. I was like, oh, Big Boss. Uh, Bruce Lee, awesome. Um, so we got one. Yeah, no, we got. Well, we got. I think we we also got uh, the Dragon Palm. Yes, because um, that was obviously the movie he did in the hallway. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, not not so much. Not many the of them this of them. time. Um, I'll take one. Where's Stan? Yeah, Stan the man. I I think we've either missed him or he's gonna show up. Well, in episode thirteen now. Yeah, it's either thirteen or but see. I'm assuming it's episode 13 because if we hadn't missed him, our fellow defenders probably would have hung me out to dry. I so, hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Because there's not been too much around the police um, in, in this, and that is generally where he's popped up in, in the other defenders. That's right. So unless when the cops uh, arrested Ward, there was something, maybe his friendly face, you know, your friendly neighborhood cop sort of on the back of the, the boot of the car or something that we we missed yeah. somewhere. But we even commented on the fact that he didn't even land in the police station in that yeah. episode. He ended off directly in Bert Psychiatric. So they definitely avoided it, that episode. Yeah, and the one thing, at least the one thing we know it is police related because um, Captain uh, Lee, uh, or they're calling Sergeant Lee as they're calling him, it's one or the other, uh, that is his trademark for this, for the Netflix universe. He's he's a police officer that's usually a picture. He's been pictured twice in the police di- uh, district or in the precinct, I should say. Mm-hmm. And then, um, obviously, in Luke Cage, we, we pointed out, because we were quite happy with ourselves, that in the shop there was a, a poster of Stan Lee yeah. in his cop uniform, kind of along the lines of, we need you, or neighborhood watch, stay safe, etc. Yeah. Uh, pointing a finger, which was great. Uh, but yeah, that that was that. I just want to wear Stan. Hopefully, it's in episode thirteen. If not, I will. I it's in episode thirteen. I'm pretty sure. Must be. Now. Must be. If it's not, uh, I'm sorry. We're sorry. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But, well, uh, but fellow defenders, that's where you come in. Send us an email into feedback at defenderstvpodcast dot com and tell us, or pop over in a Facebook group and let us know if we've missed it. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I've just got two notes. Uh, one is I wonder if we'll see Gao in episode thirteen. I'm really hoping that we do. Um, uh, I kind of don't want the character to have been just left in Bakuto's compound um, without weird. food and water. Um, you know, I, 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 I can't without food or water. <laughs> I really hope we we see her involvement 
resolved, explained, or continued in yeah. episode 13. Um, I'm slightly doubtful, but uh, I think it'll be a real shame because she's, she's threaded through this series uh, a lot. And finally, just one, Davos or Davos? <laughs> that is the question. I know what you mean. I'm presuming it's that one of the actors is from the south of England and one is from the north of England. <laughs> right. I say Davos like Davos says Davos. Um, whereas Finn Jones, Danny Rand says Davos. Mm. Um, it's he almost says. Da- I think so. He almost says Davos, as if he's trying to pronounce something foreign that you think is much posher than you think it is. <laughs> you know, it's kind, of, it's kind of like that. But I did, I did notice that Davos actually corrected himself oh, okay. in one scene I didn't spot and that. turned it into Davos as well. It could be the scone and scone of the Marvel Netflix universe. It could be like, a scone. El Chapo. He's <laughs> <laughs> like trying to be really Davos. Yeah, that, I just call him. The big D. Yeah. <laughs> and wow. the big double D for Daredevil. There you go. <laughs> um, I've got one final note which kind of closes off our notes section. In the last episode, um, we saw Colleen getting pulled under the, the underground of the compound. Mm. There was all the cages with the blood packs. And that's what we're going to do. We have to assume that the, her sacrifice, which was still aid the hand, was potentially to bring back Electra. Maybe, If yeah. not Electra, someone else. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were powering up the urn again with... Because there was full blood packs. The one cage we saw with the blood pack, it was full. That's right, yeah. So they had obviously pulled some... Basically drained someone before. Could that be... R.I.P. Daryl. Yeah. Yeah. Poor Daryl. He has been sacrificed for the greater good. Yeah. Mm. Champion Kung Fu to... Uh, Blood bags. Yeah. Don't break your leg. Rest Absolutely. In peace, 2017. Actors, Pulling out for our homie. Right. Actors probably don't do well in this uh, in this city. No, they really don't. So that's <laughs> all of our notes, ladies and gentlemen. Um, and with that, guys, I think it's time to decide: Do we defend this episode of Iron Fist, episode 12, bar the big boss? So, John. Do you defend this episode? I do defend this episode of. Iron Fist, I give this four and a half blood-splattered joys out of five. Um, For me, I thought this was really well shot, uh, real epic, actually. Like, it had three masterful fight scenes in this. It it really brought to head Colleen and Bakuto. It brought to head Davos uh, and Danny, And it brought to head... Uh, Ward, Joy, and uh, Harold, uh, and ultimately at the end, Harold and and Danny. Now, uh, and it, it was kind of like shifting sands, really. This whole episode, and it made it so exciting. Um, some of the locations that it was shot in, like the the lobby of the penthouse, um, even just the. Harold Meacham's uh, apartment uh, and then under the arches there I presume in Central Park but I don't know but in front of that fountain uh, absolutely fantastic uh, and all of this underlying um, so much of the character development of, of Danny Rand which I really really liked um, and of course just having that on the tip of your tongue of now who is this big boss 
mm-hmm. you know. Um, there are so many players here with the hand. Um, who is the palm, as we said in the last uh, episode of the podcast? Or the fist. Or the fist. Or the pinky, or the thumb. <laughs> um, you know, so I really, truly defend this. I think this is one of, uh, you know, I think this rates up there as as one of my favourite episodes of the series so far. So absolutely defend this episode of Iron Fist. Excellent. With that, Christoph, do you defend this episode of Iron Fist? I wholeheartedly do. Um, I, I was expecting not to. Um, as I was coming in, I thought this was going to be the end of... This was coming up towards the end of the season. I did not think they could turn it around in my head as much as they had. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm going to be very open for our listeners. Um, I've been thinking about this more and more. And I've this, for me, unfortunately, has been one of the weakest... Um, in my opinion, one of the weakest Netflix. But I've thought about and I've tried to figure out why. It's because we've been spoiled with... Four amazing other series as well. When you look past, if you forget about all the others, if this was the very first Netflix, Marvel Netflix season we had of God, they introduced us to this universe with Iron Fist, mm-hmm. this still would have this would have been amazing. Absolutely. Because it is. This episode is the best episode of the season. Yes, it is. That is fine. Because bar some pacing issues in other episodes overall this was a fantastic season so to date 12 episodes in i don't know unless they unless they turn around and do something terrible <laughs> like shocking bad in episode 13 i still love this now okay it's yes it's not as bad not as great as say jessica jones but or daredevil season one but it's still amazing mm-hmm. looking at particularly this episode in general the fight scenes were amazing um, honestly, like the the three standout, three very different fight scenes that have all stuck in my memory. The visitation element of Ward and especially that offer given to him by Bakuto, the death of Bakuto, and I think I said this at the beginning, the 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 Meacham, they've made me care now about the Meacham story arc. I was very cold. I liked it at the beginning, and I got really cold and got really annoyed. But, okay, yes, it should have been done earlier, but now that they've wrapped it up, I really, really enjoy it. And Harold's last word is, oh, my God, that you never would want to hear your father say that to you. Oh, absolutely. Uh, at all. And the ending. Um, the ending was good. Uh, we've had the discussion off air, myself and Derek, when we were outside one night, and we literally have said to each other, well, I said this to him, this could have been the end of the series. Can you imagine that the end of this season was them running into the distance? Mm. I thought that would potentially have been a fantastic ending. Just leave everything in the air, just wait for the defenders. Derek, not so much. No. So we're we're still we're still up and down on that. So uh, fellow defenders, let me know what you think. But yes, I give this my highest praise of the season so far. Very good. But Derek, last but not least, and forever. As on the top with us <laughs> what do you think do you defend this episode of Iron Fist absolutely defend this episode there's so much cool stuff in here these fight sequences were fantastic really really enjoyable but you guys have said most of it before I'm not going to repeat it the one thing I will say is I, I'm, I'm shocked at episode 12 of season 1 of Iron Fist how many questions we have about what's going to happen in the next episode 
this episode didn't set up a huge battle at the end. Danny and and Colleen, what are they running towards carrying their weapons? Are they running towards Harold to kill him, to beat him up? Is that our is that our end game on the last episode of the season? Every single other show had a big end game that they were that the character was running off to fulfill. This doesn't feel like there is an end game because there's so many options. There's so many people they could be going after. Um, there's so much other stuff to happen. So it feels like they've gotten to this point now. They've gotten to 12 episodes and it is just echoing exactly what you guys said. It is one of my favorite episodes of the season. But it feels like they've got to episode 12 and they have enough story for another 10 episodes now. Definitely. 100%. You know, really, really enjoyable though. Uh, thanks so much, guys, once again for your thoughts on this episode and uh, really great to to chat through episode 12 the penultimate episode of iron fist absolutely no thank you derek my if you're a dictator <laughs> nobody ever thanks me <laughs> thank you derek <laughs> thank you derek now get on with the feedback <laughs> <laughs> so we do have a little bit of feedback for this episode coming in from jeff childs another piece of audio feedback uh, which he sent in to us by email this time he didn't use the website so uh, you can also do that if you want to send in your feedback to us you got one more episode left to join the competition to win those lovely funko pops a couple of t-shirts including an iron fist funko pop sorry uh, and a defender's t-shirt which is very cool um just go onto our website at defenderstvpodcast.com and record 90 seconds of your thoughts or send us an mp3 by email with your thoughts just like jeff did hey guys this is jeff childs from the facebook group just finished watching episode 12 and i'm about to watch 13 before i do i want to make a prediction there are way too many storylines left to be wrapped up especially with the hand so i suspect that will carry over into the Defenders. And what I'm hoping to see is that the the last scene in Iron Fist is him, Danny saying he needs help, and Claire saying, I know some people. And that would be a great lead-in to the Defenders. Looking forward to this last episode and for the Defenders later this summer. Keep up the great job, guys. Thanks so much, Jeff. Yeah, that's absolutely a great way to end the season isn't it if you're going to carry on the hand part of the uh, of the bad guys that have gone throughout all of the other shows really except for jessica absolutely thank you jeff for that feedback um definitely echoing what we're uh, thinking here that there are so many different options but absolutely love your thoughts on on how it should end i mean there's definitely got to be that kind of setup and yeah in, in a sense what we were saying before about there's so many options you could have another uh eight or ten episodes but we're getting them in, in in august maybe defenders is almost like um an iron fist two with all the other defenders coming in obviously but that it's a continuation of these shifting sands that we've seen in this uh series yeah, which i've also been obviously in daredevil uh season two as well this uh will be great to see i'm really looking forward to episode 13 and the defenders thanks jeff hey jeff um no i completely agree with you on this one um i i, I very much imagine this last scene is almost going to be like either the end of Age of Ultron or the end of I forget which film it was where you had um, Samuel Jackson talking about the Avengers I think it was Iron Man 1 Iron, Iron, Man, 2. Iron Man 1 yeah literally all those years ago yeah. where he goes I have this idea for an initiative mm-hmm. um, and I think that that is what we need to get or yep, the first appearance of Nick Fury in the Marvel Cinematic Universe yeah. bum 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 
Uh, of course you remember that. Yeah, or it's such a be, long time ago. Yeah. I know. And look how Samuel Jackson aged. Not at all. Mm-hmm. He is an LMD. He's still a badass. <laughs> oh, yeah. God. Yeah. Absolutely. He my ass. Um, but yeah, no, I think it's. I, I look forward to that. The only other uh, potential piece, what we think it may happen as well, could be, could we get Sigourney? Could Sigourney literally be, we just see a woman in high heels from behind, um, because that would basically have kept it um, quite elusive, so no one would have known about her character. I don't think we'll get a a facial. Why high heels? Can she not wear flats? She's Sigourney Weaver. She can fight aliens, she can wear whatever she wants. That's true. But... I think I just said high heels because then she kind of looks like in the promo shots we've seen so far, mm-hmm. she is quite well dressed. She is in uh, like uh, almost like a Jerry Hogarth styled woman. And I think that's how it will work. Thanks so much for your feedback, Jeff, and everybody else that sent us audio feedback throughout the season and obviously written feedback. If you want to join us over on our Facebook group, where Jeff is, and I think Jeff is actually following along with us on our on our podcast. He's actually, uh, I think, watching two episodes a week as we're releasing our episodes. So he hasn't watched episode 13. We're going to be watching that next week. Come join us over at our Facebook group at facebook.com slash groups slash Defenders TV podcast. Or you can follow us on Twitter at DefendersCast. And of course, you can uh, join us on our podcast at DefendersTVPodcast.com forward slash iTunes or search Defenders TV Podcast in any other good podcast catcher. Of course, please, when you do, subscribe. And if you so wish, leave a review. That would be great. 100%. So, guys, I think that's the end of this episode. I think we're going off to... One more to go. Oh. 60-odd minutes. Oh. And we're nearly done. We are going to your house to watch this on 4K, right? Oh, yeah. Right, Chris? Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no no offence. I... Once you go 4K, you can't go back. Uh-oh. Yeah. Oh, it's no. Like, yeah. I, your TV looks so small to me. Okay. It's like it's on my watch. Patreon begins in five. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks so much for joining us. We'll talk to you again next time, fellow defenders. Yep, we'll be back for our season finale on Tuesday the 24th of April with Iron Fist. Season 1, episode 13, Dragon Plays With fire fantastic thank you so much for listening and as always we will be with you next time bye bye so then this woman came into the shop with high heels and I was like is that Sigourney Weaver or is it a man in high heels or was it Tim Curry I think we should start off with our first point for this episode. Got to be the wizard, the visitations of Ward. <laughs> the visitations of Ward, absolutely. Right. Um, <laughs> I was trying to like work at your <laughs> up in. <laughs> Not gonna happen now. <laughs> but he gets a friendly warning text off Ward, um, and you know I, that's definitely. The thing that happened it is what that's everything we know we saw that's the thing that you put at the end of the episode because we know that happened yeah so that's an actual thing that happened. that's an actual thing um but we see <laughs> so derek last but ever but ever least <laughs> yeah, <sorry>. ever <laughs>